confidence isn't something you have to have in order to go take action. It's actually in the taking of action that you become a more confident person. Person. So I, I guess I'm on this mission to sort of like remove the word regret from our, our language and help people do that by saying, yes, I'm scared and I'm going to do it anyway, baby. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it again. And the more I do this, the more confident I get. And guess what? My confidence is going to inspire someone else to go do it for themselves, which is going to inspire someone else and someone else. And it becomes this like chain reaction of courage. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. This episode with Julie Holler was one of the funnest and most energized convos I've had on the podcast. Her energy is on fire. Judy is a keynote speaker, improviser, podcast host, and author of Fear is My Homeboy. She will help you look at fear in a much more constructive and positive way. She credits her experience in improv as the catalyst for looking fear in the eye, befriending it, and using it as a tool to aid in her growth and success. During the episode, she shares what made her decide to write her book, how improv played a massive role in creating her into the person she is today, some personal life stories, and maybe most importantly, she offers advice on how you can make fear your homeboy and live a braver life. Judy, welcome to the podcast. So stoked you to be here. Uh, same. I I love guys. I wish you could see us. Well, maybe we will be on video, but we're just like <laughs> smiling. And you know what I love so much about like, okay, love is a movement, right? This whole movement you're creating. So I've sort of like kind of done the same thing, but with fear, right? Like, cause I think, you know, and you'd probably agree there's two 
there's really two emotions in this world. There's there's love-based emotions and there's fear-based emotions. And I think really understanding that and how to play with it and use it and help others with it is just a powerful um place to be and live. And so I, I'm so thrilled to be here because I hope we tap into that a little bit because love and fear, that's it. Absolutely. Everybody, before we hopped on right now during the recording of the podcast, me and Julia were just like kind of losing it, laughing, smiling a ton. Her energy is just the best. And I am just so excited to have this conversation, share this with people. Um, yes, let's just jump right into this because I am a firm believer that the other two things, it's love and fear. And I, I can't wait to literally just hear you speak more about fear because in my realm right now, I don't like fear, right? It's like fear is the opposite of love. It's not something I'm trying to be a part of or be in the vibration of, but for you, fear is your homeboy. And that everything is just perception or perspective on something, right? So you have found the perspective that fear is my homeboy, where a lot of us look at fear as this terrible thing that we want nothing to do with. It's awful. Like get us as far away from it as humanly possible, but it's not the same for you, which is just so beautiful. And it's always just about how we look at something. So I just, how did you get to this discovery and this realization that fear is your homeboy? Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's unpack this. Okay. Because it is different. It is unique. And, you know, we're always borrowing from the universe. I think our real job, um, like really we're just DJs. Like I, I, if I could come back in a second life and it's not over yet, you never know. But like, I liken myself to a DJ and really that's what we are as human beings, as creators, as entrepreneurs, as makers, as parents, whatever it is, we're always finding ways to put our spin, our perspective on the things in the world, the things we explore, the things we listen to, the things we watch, like all that stuff that inspires us. That's great because we're always borrowing from the universe, but our real job is to remix it with our lens and our perspective. And that's kind of what I did with fear. It all began in an improv classroom at Second City in Chicago. So I am a professionally trained improviser. So if you don't improv theater listener, it is an art form of theater where the catch is that we have no script, right? So improvisers aren't stand-up comedians. We we don't have a script. We use our training, things like yes, sand and et cetera, to sort of build something out of nothing. In Second City in Chicago, very famous improv theater. A lot of its alumni um, are people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, Gilda Radner, Steve Carell, Chris Farley, like, dude, some real shit is... Can I cuss on this podcast? You, you, Oops, be you. D. No, okay. you can. Be you. Do Be exactly yourself. They're just words. <laughs> some, okay. some real shit has happened in the walls of Second City. So it's honored to just play there, study there, be a part of the conservatory. So what was happening? By day, I'm working sales and marketing, big hotel job, worked for companies like Marriott and Omni and all the, ho the hotel companies and really built a big career. By night, I'm taking improv classes at Second City. And I'm watching myself do really brave stuff on the improv stage. And all of that sort of helped me do really brave things in the boardroom by day. So by night improv, playing with my fear, I always joked that, and I write about this in my book, that improv was like fear yoga. It was like sort of where I was going every night to like flex the muscle, like to do scary shit on purpose in order to figure out how to be scared and then live to talk about it, right? And so what I found was that hold up, 
The reason I'm not doing the things that I want to do by day, whether it's going on the date or advocating for something or speaking up for myself or asking for the raise or moving to a new city or leaving the crappy relationship or whatever it may be is because fear sort of has me in a chokehold here. And if I can figure out how to dance with it, like I do on the improv stage, well then shit, what would happen in my, in, in the day, daytime for me? So I read a book, I was on my honeymoon and I read a book and I was speaking at the time on the nights and weekends side hustle. Honestly, I was speaking about personal branding and putting yourself out there. And what I realized ultimately is that people don't do that because they're afraid. So long story short, I'm trying to figure out who I want to be. And I think I want to speak on stages, maybe write a book, but I don't really know. So I'm on my honeymoon and I'm reading a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And if you haven't read it, go get you some of that book. And in the book, she wrote this and it changed everything for me. She says, I hate the word fearless, this, this word fearless, right? Because everybody's telling you to go be fearless. There's fearless this and fearless that and fearless this. And she goes, think about it. If you were really fearless, you do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I'm paraphrasing. You'd, you know, eat poisonous foods. You would eat lettuce with a coli because, you know, yo, I'm fearless. It ain't going to hurt me. You'd walk down dark alleys alone at night by yourself. You'd do all this crazy stuff. And really, she goes, the only fearless people I know are five-year-olds and sociopaths. So no, the game isn't fearless. The game is brave. And I said, holy crap. And I wrote in the margins of that book in hot pink highlighter, because duh, that's my power color. I wrote fear is my homeboy. That's it. And I had this like full body. I like, I have chills telling you the story. Like I was like, that's it. And I just went to the lab and I just started writing about it, reframing it, playing with it, dancing with it. And ultimately ended up writing a book about it, uh, building a keynote around it, quit my job, run a business. And all these crazy doors have opened up because I started tapping on fear shoulder a little bit differently. And it doesn't mean that I'm not scared. I am a student of this work. I'm the biggest Freddy cat you'll ever meet but I drive my car, not fear. Mm. See, that's what I, I, I'm, I want to come to your side of fear. Mm. You know what I mean? I want to come to the side where fear is my homeboy, where mm. I am dancing with fear. I'm embracing the fear for how it can challenge me or bring about the best version of Justin uh, as humanly yeah. possible. And the fact that you've really tapped into this is phenomenal. And it's just so beautiful that you made a career off of it and you're going to continue to go in this direction because really fear is one of the most debilitating things that, that of, of anybody that we can experience. And I feel like fear is one of the reasons, the biggest reason why we don't do the things that we want to do, why we don't live a life that's fulfilling, why we don't live a life that we're, we're much happier in is because we're afraid to do certain things. So if we can befriend fear, and turn yeah. it into our ally. I mean, there's no stopping okay. us. It's so crazy. Here's the thing to understand too. Number one, um, there's two things right here. And I think we should unpack them. Number one, um, you don't have to like jump out of a plane or free solo Mount Everest to be brave. Like, I think a lot of people think like, oh my God, I've got to do something like fear factor, something really crazy. Like, yay, then I'm brave. Actually, no. Like my measure of like whether I should do something or not is regret. If I know that I will regret it, if 80-year-old little Judy in her sequin jacket is going to regret 
do not doing the thing, then I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. But if like, I will never be at the end of my life and go, damn, I wish I would have jumped out of that plane. Like I literally have no desire. Like my life is full without that. Right. So I think that is something that's like really fundamental to understand, right. That, that, that you don't have to do something seismic to be brave. It's actually the small daily shit that matters the most. And I guess that brings me to point number two, which is the only way, like, okay, you think about your relationship, you're married. You know, we were talking about your wife before we got on here, right? I'm married to you. And so whether it's a marriage or your art, like you want to be more creative, like how do you, how do you become more creative? Well, you date your creativity. Like you go paint, you go to museums, you go find things to inspire, you travel. How do you become a good writer? Go live an interesting life so you have things to write about. Like that's actually the secret. Editors can help you make it pretty. So just like go have a cool life, go do cool things and then tell us about it. That's writing, right? And then you, you're you married, right? Like how do you have a good relationship? You date it, you date her, you, you, you participate, like you show up, right? In that relationship. Well, same goes for fear. Like we assume that we, we're just gonna wake up brave. No, bravery is a muscle, okay? And the way you date it is by playing with it. And in our community, we call them experiments. So we conduct like on purpose daily experiments to sort of work that muscle. So it's me like um, being on a podcast like right now without a script and really trusting myself and trusting the energy of, of you and this content and this conversation and that what we're gonna say is, what somebody needs to hear right now. Of course, we're prepared. We know about each other. I have a bag of tricks. Um, but this is an example. Maybe it's wearing a color you're not used to or trying new food or listening to new music or um, you know, picking up the phone and, and making three sales calls. Maybe it's doing your first Instagram story or going live if you're afraid to go live. Like all these little games we can play are actually really badass ways to tell fear to sit down because you're getting stronger. Right. And and that who so number one, regret. Will you regret it? <laughs> if you won't, then it's cool. We move on mm. to the next thing. And are you playing with it enough? And the way we play with it is by being a little fierce scientist, you know? Yes. I let I, I want to like go really deep into this and into this whole aspect of fear. So it popped up, it happened through improv. So you're saying in improv, mm-hmm. it's like kind of known that like when you guys are there, it's fearful, right? Because you're gonna go up, you scary. may embarrass you. <laughs> yeah. So scary. Yeah, we have no script. Yeah. Like, it's literally like you just here's the suggestion from the audience and then you use our training. And so Yes And is the name of my podcast. So Yes And is one of the very first things we learn. Yes, I see you. So we get a suggestion and it's like, and but guys, by the way, borrow this idea. You can use it to get yourself out of any pickle. Plus it makes you really awesome to be around and work with. Um, so Yes And. So if we get a suggestion, from the audience and we are planning a party. Okay. Um, and we're going to plan a carnival cruise for our annual company Christmas party. Right. And we're like, great. And we have no script. So someone's got to start the first line of dialogue. So I would say something along the lines of great. That's, that's our suggestion. So I would start the scene with yes. And I'd be playing with yourself, right? Uh, Yes, Justin, I am so excited for this Carnival Cruise Line party. We are going to have the time of our lives. And let me tell you, we are hiring Beyonce and she's going to come on the ship. Did you know that? And you're going to go, yes, I knew that. And uh, she's bringing Jay-Z. And what's so cool about that is they're going to do a private blah, blah, blah. And then I would go, yes, and Jay-Z's going to blah, 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 blah. But see, in life, 
So we'd yes and the story until we sort of got to a place of comfort. But in life, what most people do is shut it down. Like we hit brick walls. People go, yeah, but but what? Beyonce would never come. Like, yeah, but what? Like, why would we go on a cruise? People would hate a cruise. Or you're just surrounded by the yes people that just tell you, yes, yes, it's all great. But then nothing happens. So yes is the, the acknowledgement of, okay, someone's given me something. And then the and is the acceptance of it. And then the movement forward on the other side of it, because yes, gets us in the game and keeps the ball moving down the field in life and on an improv stage. So it just sort of helps us manage fear because when you're stuck, just yes, and it. (laughs) Just yes, and it. That's just, it's so wild that from improv, improv, you, and I, I mean, I've never done improv, but I think it's one of the coolest things. Steve Carell, who you mentioned before. Oh, legend. You know, it's just like, there's so much respect I have to, towards people who do improv because you're really putting yourself out there and you're really just living in the moment. And really, you know, there's a huge possibility. I mean, if you feel embarrassment, it's really your choice to feel embarrassed. But in that moment, you could feel embarrassed. Things could go awkward or wrong or uncomfortably. So it's just really cool, I think, when I see people who are able to do that. And then so, okay, you took that mantra, you took that idea within improv, and you brought it into the real world. So you were dealing with your fear in improv and having fun with it, right? Making it your friend. And then so that stemmed right now into your real life of like, okay, cool. So what I guess... If you're able to give like some examples of things that you felt fear towards, but then you befriended it, and then you were able to push forward and move towards the thing that you were you wanted to get to, a hundred a hundred thousand percent. I've got a million examples. I am living proof of this, and I think you will find listener and yourself, Justin, like we've all got heartbeats of this throughout our lives. So, like, of course, writing a book. Are you kidding me? I was a pretty solid C student, right? Like I was a little more social in school. I loved the social aspect of school, but like, yo, sitting down and taking tests, like I really struggled. Um, So I like never set out to write a book, but let me tell you the, when I committed to doing that, um, because I was keynote speaking, my primary line of, I'm a keynote speaker. So I speak on stages around the United States um, for a living, primarily. That is my main hustle. It is the love of my life. And I knew that if I wanted to up-level that game, your girl was going to have to write a book. And so it was the inverse. Like I didn't set out to write a book and then become a speaker. I was like, dude, I want to up-level my speaking game. So I know in order to do that, a book is just going to be an incredible way to do that. But I was so blocked and so scared and all the imposters, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Oh my God, people are going to hate on you're going to open yourself up to the trolls. You're going to get bad reviews. People are going to question your intellectual property. They're going to say you're, you know, this is not yours. Like, I mean, it's just terrifying. It's so scary. I'm still scared. Even my book will be three years old. It's like, oh, I'm so scared. Like I'm always scared. Right. But yay. Good. Okay, cool. How can we use that? So, um, I used my fear, um, because I know that fear is going to do one or t- one of two things. And this is why it is such a good friend of mine. It is like my best business partner because I know that fear is legit either going to do, number one, really, really keep me safe. Because a lot of times your spidey senses will go up, whether it's a bad situation, a bad person, a bad deal, a bad environment. Like your fear is, is, a, is a beautiful sign to get yourself out of something um, or out of a situation or out of a business. I mean, your gut knows, your, your spidey senses know. And that is a beautiful thing fear gives to us, right? It, it, it can really warn us in situations where um, we could really really be in trouble either personally or professionally 
or it, it can do the opposite. It can fire up and sort of become um, a spidey sense in a different way of, okay, writing a book isn't going to hurt me. <laughs> like it's not going to end my life, although it felt that way, but it will change my life. Aha, now we're on to something. Because when we change, ooh, well then fear knows, okay, well, she's not going to be the same person anymore. So like, hold up, if she does this thing and becomes this author and like really picks up some steam and gets a following and oh my God, starts getting busy, like she won't need me as much, right? What we need to understand about fear. So fear shows up to stop you procrastination, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, self-sabotage, gossip, jealousy, all this crap, right? So fear's got one job and one job only. And when we know this, we can begin to unlock it. And it's this, fear wakes up every day to stop you, stop you, stop you. All fear, like stop you. If you lose the weight, if you quit the bad habit, if you leave the toxic relationship, if you change your life, if you scale, if you chase the dream, if you manifest that into your reality, and by the way, manifestation requires hard work. Work is required as a part. Manifestation is also a, a verb and an adjective. So you can't just light the crystals and think shit's going to happen. We have to take action. But um, all that aside, like it is, you know, it is this beautiful reminder. Like we, we can control what happens next, right? And so I'm always thinking of, okay, if I do this, is it is it going to potentially change my life in, in a direction that could make my fear uncomfortable because then I will become a different version of myself because I know fear's got one job to stop me. And if I know that, I also have the antidote. I have the potion and it's movement. So all you have to do, there's this great quote. Do you know who Les Brown is? It sounds familiar. Okay, so you have to Google him and you will end up, do it when you have a little bit of time, listener and you too, Justin. Like, cause you'll wanna like fall into the archives of the magic that is the oration and the storytelling of Les Brown, who's one of the most iconic motivational speakers. And if you are a speaker for a living, he's someone that's kind of always on your radar, but he has this great quote and he calls it, I'm gonna paraphrase, but it's, you could Google it. It's the graveyard of dreams. And he's like, there are so many, Unwritten songs, dreams, cures, movements, symphonies that are just buried in this graveyard of dreams because someone was too afraid to take the first step. Not all the steps, the first step. So that's your job. Take the first step. That's it. Mm. That's it. You do, and the more you do that, here's the cool part. The braver you get. Like, guys, that's the secret. The secret is movement. And then moving again and again and again and again and again and again and again, right? Like it's hard. It isn't easy, but you have the potion. Like you have the medicine. The thing is like, and I I just, I really firmly believe that like, we create fear. I really think that it's like, I think we're just such powerful beings Yes. We can create and manifest anything. Yes. The fear, right, is created because based on things we've been programmed with or things that we were told in the past or like unacceptance from other people or people thinking that we don't know what we're doing. And I love the whole imposter syndrome because that is so real. I think like yes. everybody experiences imposter syndrome, but like, why are we experiencing that? Is it because we're afraid what someone may think of me? If I am faking it, but I'm not really doing it, 
Yes. Are we like, are we afraid we're going to like let ourselves down? But again, it's all created through us. So if we're the ones who create it, then I love that you said that, that we are the ones who have the antidote and we have the one, we are the ones who are able to create the healing. Oh yeah. Like we are, it's like Dorothy, like think of Wizard of Oz. Like, okay. So she gets blown up from her life in Kansas. Like life as she knew it in Kansas was like, totally blowed up. And she ends up waking up in this crazy world uh, with flying monkeys and angry apple trees and all this crazy stuff. And she has no idea. All she wants to do is get home. She's like, I just want to get home. I just want to get home. I just want to get home. But so she's like, okay, I'm going to follow this yellow brick road and I'm going to take one step, put one foot in front of the other and find my way. And along the way, of course, she meets all all these crazy characters and makes all kinds of unique friends along the way. And at the very end of of Wizard of Oz, if, if you remember this, the good witch says to her at the very end, it says, you know what, Dorothy, all you needed to do to get home like the whole time was click your heels together three times. Like click your heels together three times and, and you'll be home. But if... The, the good witch would have told her that at the beginning, she would have never believed her. Like Dorothy needed to go through the process, walk down the yellow brick road, have all the adventures, you know, learn how to trust in herself and to remain open to what could be in order to realize that all along, all along, like she always, she had it. It was hers. She like had the key. She had the unlock. It was the ruby red slippers. Like, so what are your ruby red, red slippers? Like you have the key. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's always us. It's nobody else. It's, it's us. Always, it's us, always. It's me. It's always. you. Yeah. It, it, yes. It's like, oh, you know, and it's easier said than done. I get it. But we focus so much on all the shit that could go wrong. Why not instead ask one of my favorite, most empowering questions? Okay, what could go right? Like before I make any sales call, I'm like nervous, nervous. I'm such a nerd. Oh my God. I don't know how to sell. This is so weird, but I got to do it. But I, so instead of like all of that, I think, okay, cool. Like what could go right? Like if, if this, if I really get on this podcast with Justin and I show up as myself and I take a deep breath and I just be me, like what could go right? Who could I meet? Who could I get connected to? What could I change? Instead of like, oh my God, I could get on this and totally fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like, and then I don't show up and I'm scared and I ghost you and whatever, right? Every single time before I jump on a podcast, I get really nervous. Yes. It means you care. It means you care. Same with me speaking. Same. And it's like, you know, I thank you for saying that because I'm like, I love doing this. How I'm so blessed and so grateful to be able to have these conversations. Sometimes I'm like, and not, not in a down way about myself, but I'm like, who am I to have these sorts of conversations with people? Oh man, same, same. You are not alone. Like cue Michael Jackson. Like you are not <laughs> alone. I am not a good singer, but you know what I'm saying? Like you really are. Like I am so, I feel that on a soul level. Right. And like, thank again, thank you. Cause I'm like, why? And like, I was like looking down at myself about like, why am I being afraid to have these sorts of yeah. conversations? Or why am I feeling fear? to have these conversations. And it happens every single time. And every mm. single time before I hop on, I'm like, and eh, maybe not every time, but a lot of times I'm like, Hey, if they cancel, that'd be cool with that. <laughs> we'll, we'll reschedule. I'm sure. I know the feeling. Yes. Right. But right now, uh, uh it's like nervous. Yes. And it's yeah. right. Yeah. 
It's so good. Like I relate to that on so many levels. Like someone once made a joke, like never trust a keynote speaker who says that they're not nervous. Like, come on. Like, geez. Like if I get to the point where I'm not nervous, like I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to up my game. I need to do something. I need to make change. Like I love the nerves, man. The nerves remind me, Mel Robbins says it great. She's like, they're the same. Like fear and excitement, like same, your body doesn't know. So I will be backstage and I will be like, all right, I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, and I'm literally so scared, but I'm telling my brain, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And by the time my little feet hit the stage and I'm about three and a half minutes into my talk, I'm in too deep with momentum and forget about it. Right. So, um, but we, yeah, you're right. Like we have like, what you what you speak, you get. Like what you what you think you receive. So, how do you play play a game with your mind? And that's a great way to do it. I love that. I like just feeling I'm excited. I'm excited because every time when I jump on here, as soon as I start talking to the person before we actually start recording for thirty seconds, I'm golden. I feel yes. great. Right. It's like, what is the buildup in my mind? Like, like the conversations are always amazing. I'm always so grateful for them. So I'm like, what is that buildup in my mind? How in that situation can I make fear my homeboy? Just by getting excited, do you think? By just being grateful in the moment for... Oh my God, gratitude. You just said the magic word. That is the last thing. Well, the very last thing I say before I step on any stage, whether it's a podcast stage, like think of all the stages we're on. Whether you are on a job interview, whether you're, you don't need to be a professional speaker to understand that you are going to have to advocate on your own behalf, at, whether you're negotiating with a two-year-old or your teenager, or you're going on a date, or you're trying to get a raise, or you're actually orating for your job, or picking up the phone or selling on behalf of your business, like you're going to have to figure out how to put yourself out there. So whether it's a stage or the stage of your house negotiating with a teenager or a two-year-old, um, you can certainly reframe some things. So like gratitude is a beautiful place to be. Um, I think that's, I don't know how you feel about this, but like, like before I get on stage, I, I certainly, you know, Hey, tell myself I love myself, right? I'm always like, you know what, Judy, at the end of the day, no matter what happens, like when you're going to put your head on the pillow at night, like I love you. And there are a lot of people that love you. And, you know, at the end of the day, all those people are great, but like it's me against me and it's me with me. And I know that people come and go and economies go up and down and companies will fire you and people will leave you and we are going to lose people we love. But the constant in that scenario is you. So self-love really is about self-prioritization and it's the first job you got to figure out how to like crush because none of it's going to work without that. And second, and this is the whole manifestation thing. And I wonder how you feel about this one. Um, but I have found that real like manifestation, like really getting what you want. If we take it out of the woo-woo, if we take it out of the macro and put it in the micro, you it's you getting what you want. You say, I want to, I want to manifest a top, you know, million downloads on my podcast. I want to manifest that stage. I want to manifest a million dollars. Really what you want is you want to get it. So here's the thing. If you desire something, first of all, stop saying want because want is a word of lack. Want means you currently are thinking you don't have something. So that's a problem. Yep. Um, number two, lean into desire. So I desire to have, I desire, but sit in deep gratitude for what you have right now because here's the deal and hear this loud and clear. This was a shift for me financially. How can the universe, God, 
whatever you believe in, whatever manifests for us, how can you get that thing you want, that $1 million you want, if you're not first grateful for the $10, the $100, the thousand you have in your account? How can you get a million downloads when you aren't sitting there going, I'm going to pour in to the 100 downloads I get every goddamn week? Like, how can you get a blue check? And by the way, who gives the blue check? Like, I was validated by God last time I checked. I don't need anybody to verify me. Okay. I was verified by my maker. Uh, so that's number one. Um, but how can I get a million followers if that's your thing? If you're not first pouring into the 10, the thousand, the 10,000 you have, like, so that guys, that's manifestation, gratitude. So I love that you touched on that. And I love your head nods here because it sounds like we're aligned, right? And that's a love-based, that's a love-based emotion, gratitude. It is. I love everything that you just said. And I totally, I literally totally agree with all of it. Gratitude has been a huge practice of mine for the past like few years where I always have a bracelet and oh, the bracelet- I love it is literally, it's my gratitude bracelet. And it's always meant for when I put it on in the morning, when I wake up, mm. I stop and think about what I'm grateful for. And then at night when I take it off, they're just reminders. It just yes. it just helps me stay disciplined with my gratitude practice. So at night when I take it off, I stop and I think about what I'm grateful for. Mm. And that I is so like, good. It's, it's, the bracelet is everything because without it, I wouldn't stay on top of it so much. I would skip, I would miss, we're human, you know, things come up and we forget it's beautiful. Things. Thank you. And I, I was looking at this quote like literally yesterday, and I think it was by, it was by Eckhart Tolle, but he literally mm -hmm. talks about in terms of like manifestation or abundance, the key step in bringing abundance into your life or manifesting anything is feeling the abundance now. Feeling the, feeling the gratitude right now. That is the first step. That is the key into bringing anything else to you because how can you manifest what you desire if you're not even grateful for what you have right now. And the whole idea of wanting, right? So I've, I've removed that from my vocabulary in terms of Same. what I'm manifesting, what I want, because want exactly is a sense of lack. It's yes. saying universe, God, source, I don't have this right now. I want it. So you're going to just continue to manifest and bring situation towards yes. you of you wanting that thing, not you actually achieving it, but you wanting it. So I, I feel like, and oh, I'd love to hear your thought about this too, in terms of manifesting, at least, you know, for me and the teachings and things that I've heard, instead of wanting that thing, feeling as I feeling as though I have it right now, it already yeah. exists. I'm feeling yes. the gratitude, right? Of it being here right now. I'm putting myself in the vibration of me having it in this moment. It's not anything outside of myself. It's not anything I'm reaching or stretching for. It's already here. It's already here. It's already ours. It is in this moment right now. I love this beautiful perspective. I mean, so much of the improv theater is about the present. Like if we're not listening and we're not deeply in the moment with the other player on stage, we're going to miss stuff. And there is a thing in the improv theater, especially when you're doing big ensemble work and more gamey improv, um, it's called being alive on the back line. And so two players will say, be out front, uh, performing a scene, right? And at any moment, we could be tapped in, called in, or tap into a scene. So if we're not awake, if we're not in it, if we're not listening, if we're not in that pocket of like presence, we're going to look foolish and we're not going to know what's going on. I mean, like same in life, you know? So I love this notion of what you're saying and what it feels like. And is this beautiful reminder that, you know, we're, 
a lot of times I think we assume our legacy is like this thing we leave behind us. Like, oh, my legacy, I'm going to have to leave a legacy for my kids and I'm going to leave a legacy for my family and whether it's in my works or my whatever. And all that's amazing and humble and important. And, and I feel like most of us want to leave a legacy. But what if, this is a concept I've been exploring lately. Like, what if our legacy is today? Like right now, like this moment, what if, like I leave here, I'm in my office and I drive home and I don't get tonight. This is the last words I've spoken. Okay. Like what if my legacy is right now? Like what would change for you? Like wh what would change in your business? What would change in your movement, in the risks you take? I mean, isn't that cool to think about? Like if you really think, okay, my legacy is this moment today shit, what would I do differently? I'd probably pick up the phone. You know what I mean? I'd go on the podcast. I'd, I'd, I'd wear the sequin jacket. I'd put on the good lipstick. I'd like the good candle tonight. Like, but we wait like for what, like what made today not special enough? You know what I mean? It's that, something I'm exploring. That is so brilliant. That is like literally expanding my consciousness and just waking mm. me up right now because it is, it's wow. I'd never had this. Is that a good before. one? It's yes. It's Same. so it's so true because literally your legacy is right now because the only thing that ever exists is right now. That is it. So who yep. you show up in this moment will be your legacy. And now in this moment and in this moment and this moment, it's not what you did before. It's not what you might do in the future because those don't exist. Those are planes that don't actually exist. The only thing that exists is right now. The only place we can achieve anything to actually go towards our legacy is right now in this moment, nowhere else. Yes. yes. And knowing that it doesn't it just pump courage into your bones. Like, like that reframing for me has been powerful because it, it, it just, I don't know, it puts a little pep in my step and it makes me more confident in the actions I take on behalf of myself and my business and my future and all the things I want to go create. Like I have, you know, some crazy ideas, some things that I'm dreaming up, but they are total like, like 180s from where I've been going. And I, I worry so much about like, oh my God, what will they say? And what will people think? And this is like me stepping into this like whole new version of myself. And there's going to be people that don't like it. And oh my God, what if I lose clients? And, but like thinking of it that way, go, I, and I also take the regret measure and I go, dude, I would really regret it if I didn't try X if I didn't do this. So like, that's how I know I've got to move. But I also love to remind myself that it's my legacy. It's not anybody else's legacy. And we get so worried about people not liking us and judging us and making fun of us that we don't do shit. And the cold hard truth is that, and I hate to break it to you, but people already don't like you. People are already judging you and people are already making fun of you, right? So like, you, like who are we living our lives for? Like strangers on the internet or like the people that are ride or die? You know what I mean? And like when you're your number one ride or die, everything else works better because when you work, everything else works. Relationships, parenting, business decisions. So like, this is why I'm like, self-love is like a massive business strategy. It's like being the CEO of you, it should be taught in every classroom around the world, right? Like literally, like you got to get this right. And I'm pointing to myself, right? My heart, like we worry so much about work that we forget about the work. This work, our work, and I'm pointing at my heart, like the love work. 
There's love or fear when someone's coming at you and they, 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 because there are going to be people that do not like your evolution. They do not like your, your shine. I think a lot of times people that shine really bright cast shadows on the walls of a prison that someone else has themselves in and they don't know how to get out, but you're, you're free and they don't know how to be free. So they react with fear because that's what they know. So just, I don't know. I think, imagine how we could change the world as a, a scary place, right? But it's always been a scary place. So if we can love people before we judge people, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, you know, things yeah. would change. Like I got into it with my brother on the phone the other night. Like he was kind of, he's been a little bit of a chip, on, a chip on his shoulder with me and, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? So again, when we know this, we can see pain and we can have grace instead of reacting like, click, hang up on you. You drive me crazy. I never want to talk to you again. But he was hating on where I live. I live in Scottsdale and Arizona and just giving me a lot of trouble. That's where people go to die and only 80-year-olds live there. And who would live in a place that has no seasons? But he's hurt. Like, hurt people hurt people. And so when, And that's also fear, right? There's something there that he isn't doing for himself. So I can, instead of reacting with more fear to the movement of love, I can react with more love because I, I sort of, it doesn't give them a whole pass, but it gives me the ability to have some grace and say, okay, how can I love him where he is and maybe help him figure out a way to get out of this prison he's got himself in. So beautiful. That's like, that is it. If we mm -hmm. all could take that perspective when somebody acted that way towards us, because it's the truest statement ever that hurt people hurt people. It is so real. When somebody acts that way towards us, and this is something I'm telling myself right now and I'm learning more every single day, when somebody acts that way, that is the biggest red flag. It's the biggest mm. way for them to show us that they are in pain. It's a clue. It's a it, clue. Big clue. Instead of us getting pissed at that person, being like, you're an asshole, uh, Think about it as like, this person is literally screaming for help right now. This person is screaming from pain because if they weren't in pain or in suffering, they wouldn't act that way because it literally wouldn't exist in their reality to act that way. Like think about it, everybody listening. When you're feeling good and you're feeling love in your heart and you're feeling fulfilled and happy, have you ever acted nasty or mean or rude to somebody? No, <laughs> because you're literally at a vibration where that doesn't exist to you there. And, Damn. Uh, and I like that's so good. And that with your brother too. It's like, oh, I have so much love for your brother, like so much empathy for him right now. It's I not know. Like he did hang up on me, by the way. And I have I'm giving him 48 hours and 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 I am working, I'm giving him space because again, uh boundaries are important. And when you love yourself, we have less shame and guilt about about boundaries. But I'm also giving myself some space so I can figure out how to best respond with the love that he, he, he probably needs and deserves. But also setting boundaries because it isn't acceptable. And, 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 you know, I wouldn't let a stranger talk to me that way. I wouldn't tolerate it. I mean, I'd 86 that in five seconds. Like, I don't have people like that in my, my, my aura, in my orbit, right? I try to keep it like the world's a heavy place. I like to pe have people around me that keep it light, right? Um, and just because you are, and I think so, a lot of people, you know, you pick your friends, not your family. Families can be complicated. And I think a lot of people put up with a lot of crap from family members because they're blood. And if it was a stranger on the street, we wouldn't tolerate it. So it doesn't mean that I'm not going to have a little conversation with my brother about it, but it just means I'm going to approach the conversation um, 
from a different place. Like be, it's so, so cheesy. Like be the change you want to see in the world. But it's like, I have to be <laughs> like literally like, you know, you can't just sit around. I did, did doing this with one of my best friends right now. Like where, like she, I just sometimes feel like she, um, doesn't see me, you know, or, you know, doesn't acknowledge, you know, the work I'm doing or all the moves I'm making. And sometimes I feel frustrated that, you know, maybe she's not liking something or sharing something or commenting on something when it's so stupid. And social media is a whole nother conversation. It's like a whole nother podcast episode, but I'm like, hold up. And so she just goes to Napa with two other girls and I'm feeling some envy. I'm feeling like, well, why won't she come visit me? But like, she can't come visit me, but she can go to this place with these other girls. And I'm like, hold on. Be what you want back from this girl you have known since she was 18. So I am giving her so much love and I mean it. Like, I can't wait to hear about the trip. I'm liking her photos. I am sending her text messages. Like, I tell me when you get back, let's jam on it because I really truly am interested. But I'm like, I have to flip the script. I have to be what I want, right? And I think we can show up that way with our friends, with our family. Like people want a lot of followers online. They want to, 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 to have a lot of people attracted to their their platform, but then they're not willing to to go give that to others, to be in it for other people, to serve and to engage and to um, really see the people that make up their community. And I think it's got to be a two-way street. So it's so cheesy, but like, go be the change you want. Like, go be what you want. And then at least if it doesn't work out, you can say, well, okay, now I know, but I'm at least showing up and holding up my end of the deal. You know what I mean? For sure. The only way to create change in the way that you want is to literally be that change. That's yes. it. Because Who if you said that, was that Gandhi? Was the Martin Luther King? Be the know. change you want to see in the world. I don't know. We'll Google it. We'll figure it out. Someone will know. But like, it was someone very, I think it was MLK. But either way, like be the change, be the change. Because like you, you can't control anyone else's actions. So if you want things to change, you need to change. That's it. It and is. hopefully in your change, you will inspire other people. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. It's like not even really about that. But in your change, that's the only way to actually inspire others to potentially do it as well. That's it. And here, I here. Lo I love the situation too with your friend because, ah, it's so amazing. And like, I love how you're just talking through everything and who you are, Judy, is beautiful. Seriously, because oh, I feel like- Back at you. Thank you. Because I really feel like every way you're approaching these situations, to me, is just like perfect and like so lined up. And I, I get that, right? Your friend takes a trip. Like, why didn't she come see me? And I've had that thought before too. Super I, jealous. Like I was yeah. jealous. I was, and I was a little pissed and I was, I took it personally and- But it has know, nothing- It has, it has nothing, nothing to, to do with me. Nothing to do with you personally at all. No, no. And if you truly love this friend, then you know she made the best decision for herself yes. in that You're moment, here. right? Yeah. And the, my, I guess my thought about it too is uh, things like this continue to happen over and over and over again. And I'm not saying like for your friend, but I mean anyone else's friend out there where maybe these things keep happening over and over and over again. You're like, all right, well, maybe I do need to create some space with this person. Yes, and that's, that's and okay. That's okay. That's okay. But like knowing the decision that she made to go where she went to has nothing to do with you or anybody else. It had to do with who she was and where she was in that moment. I, yes. And that's what's so powerful about boundaries and self-love, which is really like self-love. It's not just like masks and bubble baths and spa days, which is all great. It's literally about self-prioritization. And boundaries are a yes to you. It is you saying, 
me first, me first, right? Like I am going to say yes to me first because every time I say, you know, yes to something else, it's an, it's an, it's the no to, to me or something I've got to go do. So I'm always thinking about boundaries as just a, a, a someone who's really good at, um, you know, looking around, studying people that do it well, but also realizing like, okay, I've watched just like what you said, like it would be different. We've been friends since we were 18. So, you know, she's a sister to me, but yeah, if you're in a relationship with someone and it continues, it continues, you know, that's where we have to say, okay, you know, I'm worth more than this. And, you know, we, you know, if you're stuck in a foxhole in life, you know, who, who, who's in the hole with you? Because you want people in the hole with you that are, are going to make you better and stronger and brighter and bolder. And that's what I always say to people, like the first thing you can do if you are stuck, if you are lost, if you do not know where to go next in life, if you are in a a tough place, look immediately around at your circle. Like who's in the hole with you in life? Because if you have a bunch of people around you that are... Debbie Downers and negative and stuck in their own ways and not learning and reading and investing and growing in themselves, then you're going there with them. So look at your circle, look at your circle, and then watch what you're taking in. Step two, like really watch. Like if you are not mentally strong right now, do not watch the news. Like it's just going to take you into fear, like deep into fear. Um, So really manage your inputs, right? So that your outputs can get a little bit stronger and bolder and braver. So I always think of my like Instagram is like, um, or social media, but certainly Instagram before it got all weird and video It used to be this beautiful visual platform, but you know, I think of it as like, I'm a mu- museum curator. And so I'm always scrubbing my field, bringing in and out new pieces of art, right? Like, but I'm like, when I open my phone, like, my job is to to make this a place that inspires me and challenges me and helps me grow. I want to see beautiful things and creative ideas. So like, I, this is my museum. I don't need to explain it to anyone. And if I feel like I need to dip out on something or someone that I dip, like this is my museum. This is my life. And I get to, I get to dictate what I see and I get to dictate who's in the hole with me if I'm in the hole, right? Because yeah. we're not going to be in that hole very long if I've got the right people. You know what yeah. I mean? And I love, I love that. Boundaries are so huge and and I, I think hard. They are. They can definitely be hard. And I think the situation, I just really quickly want to touch on that situation with your brother again, because I think this is so beautiful and something that I think more of us, myself included, in moments need to grasp. It's like you knowing yourself, and you kind of just mentioned it like with the news, like if you're not in a good mental space, don't go watch the news. Like you weren't in the best vibration, the best place for you to talk to your brother again after he hung up on you. So give it 48 hours. Like, yes, that is it. Like that is love. That's like, okay. That exactly. is love. You calling your, you being like, Oh, I want to be loving. Right. Uh, we, we, I talked to Justin the other day. We have to be loving. Loving is everything. So let me now call him back really quickly and force through this. Like, no, like you might think, well, if I take a two day break from him, that's not being very loving. That's not being very kind towards him. I don't really want to do that. But you literally taking the time for you to be in your best, most loving self, compassionate, empathetic, forgiving self, it's it makes so much more sense for us to take our time to create that boundary for us to get ourselves into that place before we reach back out to that person. Yes. Right. And I love it too. It's like because you reach back out to somebody, it doesn't mean you're taking their shit. It doesn't mean you're getting walked mm-hmm. all over. It means you're being loving towards that person. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Love on your terms. Right. And it does require, it it does require space sometimes. And I think that is a really 
move. I mean, you know, because if I would have, if I would have called him back, uh, I might not have been as loving as I'd like to be. Right? You know what I'm saying? So like, like yeah. I needed a minute because I was like, did he? No, he didn't. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm like, oh, it ain't him. It's not him. So how am I going to respond to this? So I can like consult, go to the bullpen. Like my husband, I call people I love, like get people looped in and say, okay, like what would you do? And I like people you trust and call to the bullpen and get some advice. But um, yeah, that's a really good reminder too. Like sometimes the space is the most loving thing we can do so that we can show up as our most loving selves. I thank you. I needed that reminder because I was yeah. feeling guilty. It is going on 48 hours. Tomorrow is my day. It's Friday. I'm giving him a call and I'm going to text tomorrow and then I'll put the ball in his court. Um, and, uh, but yeah, space is okay. It is like one of the most loving things that we can, and I talk about this a lot. It's like when someone is whatever towards you, rude, nasty, whatever it may be, it is okay. Like some of the, literally the most loving thing you can do in that moment is to remove yourself and just walk away from it. And I've learned that on myself. And it's like, if I know in this moment, you are actually digging, I'm allowing, and that's me. It's me allowing you to dig into me. You're not digging into me, but like, for real, it's me yeah. allowing that to happen. It's like, when I feel that I'm like, all right, I, I know right now I cannot respond as my highest self. So I need to just take a step back and just not say anything and revisit this when I get back to that place. And I think it's really important for you too. When you know going into this next conversation with your brother, having no expectations. Yeah, great and, reminder. Right, not going into it being like, oh, is he gonna is he gonna hang up on me again? Is he gonna be nasty to me again? Is he gonna say these things to me again? It's like not because right. That's manifesting too. Because if you're thinking yeah. about going into that conversation, there's a good chance it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's funny now that you say that, now that I'm like kind of peeling back, I love that this is turning into a therapy session with my brother. Like, But I bet people will relate to this because everybody's, I'm sure, right? Like we've got these situations, but like, it's funny, like, because I, I had been noticing this like chip on his shoulder. And so honestly, like even before I called him um, that day, I was telling my sister, so, you know, what we speak, we get, what we think we receive. I was telling my sister, I go, got it. You know, I'm not really looking forward to the call today with my brother because, you know, he's, Denise he's just had this chip on his shoulder. I just don't know. And it just requires all this energy. And I just, and I was going into the call almost with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. Like I, you know what I mean? And so looking back, I probably wouldn't have wouldn't have called him maybe that specific afternoon. But again, who knows what's good or bad? Who knows what's good or bad? Um, and that's one of my life mantras. Like we don't know. I think everything's right where it's supposed to be. And yes. I was supposed to learn a bunch of lessons in this um, because who knows what's good or bad. But yeah, like I did kind of probably get a little bit of what was going on in my head because I just knew it wasn't going to go well. Like, and I was kind of saying like, here we go again. It's going to be bad. He's going to have a chip on his shoulder. And he did. <laughs> so like, isn't that also cool? Like imagine if we ask for the good things, because we can, if we can get the bad things, we can also get the good things. For, you know, and to me, like you said, there's no good or bad. Like this situation isn't bad. Your brother in that conversation isn't bad. Maybe this is like a moment of like expansion and growth for you or yep. for him. Or maybe it's not at all. Maybe this is like a little seed that will that will grow later. Who knows? But it's definitely not bad at all. Who knows what's going to be bad? I tell you, I saw this documentary on 9-11. It was like a couple of years ago. You know, there's so many about what happened in New York and, you know, that, that transformational time in our lives. And um, one of the stories was, and this is where that 
what's good or bad concept really hit home for me and it's become a life mantra. Um, I'll probably get it tattooed at some point on my body. I don't know where. I got to think through that, but I think that's my next tattoo. But um, so there were people on the documentary talking about how that morning, the morning the towers got hit in New York, um, one lady, literally her cab, like her cab no showed. And she was going to be an hour late for this meeting. And she's like, if my cab would have showed up, I would have been in the towers when it hit. I wouldn't be here right now. Another guy, he, he missed his flight, was supposed to fly in that morning, not on the same one of the flights that hit the towers, but he would have been in a meeting in the towers had his flight not been delayed. Like, So think of all the times you're irritated, whether it's a traffic light or a, a missed call or um, something that happened at home with one of your kids and you're running late out the door. Like, You do not know what is good or bad. Mm. And it is all happening and unfolding as it should. So for me, I think about those stories, those Twin Tower stories, like all the people that are literally counting their blessings, like, holy crap, like, thank God my two-year-old had a tantrum. Or I would be like, he, I wouldn't be looking at him at 24 years old right now. Mm, like, yeah. think of that. Who well, knows like, what's good or bad? Seriously, and I, I'm a firm believer that every situation is neutral. Yes. We determine if it's good or Love bad because, that. right? Like if, like for that woman who uh, missed her cab or missed whatever, and it was going to be an hour late. It's like, how could this be good? I'm going to be an hour late for work. There's no possible scenario where I can see this being good. I'm going to get yelled at. I may lose my job. Who knows what may happen? There's nothing good from here. And then yes. look how good that situation actually was. So, saved her life. Literally. Saved her life. Literally saved her life. And so literally. And that's so beautiful too. Everything is neutral. It is up to us to decide if it's good or bad. That's Damn it. Like, right. Even the diagnosis, the divorce, the death, like all of it, like, is it happening for or to you? And it, it, it does not mean that's going to be easy. You are going to lose people you love. You're going to get disappointed. You're going to have people hurt you and leave you and use you and abuse you. This is a part of life. But like, what's good or bad? We don't know. And is it going to move you forward or is it going to hold you back? That's your choice. Mm -hmm. That's your choice. But I'm going to tell you all the people doing the really great things and living the really full lives and abundance isn't just about riches, right? It, you know, they have a possibility driven mindset instead of a, oh my God, I'm a victim. This is happening to me again, 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 my family, my this, I can't get your break. Cool. Like, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do about it? And how are you going to move through it, right? Because there's always a way. And who and who can help me? Who can help me? Who can help? I love it. There's always a way. There, I, I'm Going back to gratitude, there's gratitude in every single situation. Every single situation. Yes. If someone really close to you dies, there's gratitude there because how grateful is it that you had somebody that you can be sad over when they died? How yes. beautiful is that, that you love somebody so much that now you are sad that they're no longer here. Mm. There's just- Some people don't even get that, right? My, um, they don't even get that. They don't even, some people have never experienced like that kind of love, like truly. Um, the best friend I was just telling you about, um, final story here, um, she lost her first daughter, Olivia. Um, so had the baby and two weeks later, baby didn't come home. Baby never left the hospital. And obviously, as you can imagine, like tragic, we're running through the house, taking down balloons, like getting like 
things like ready for her to come home and um, sort of be in that environment. And, you know, months later, she was on the floor of her bedroom closet and just weeping. She says that grief, that kind of grief comes in waves, right? So it's just like some days you're good and some days you're not good. And she was having one of those bad days and her husband, Adam, walks in and sort of scoops her up off the closet floor and he looks at her and she goes, he says something to me that has transformed everything. And he said this, he said, Jody, we have a choice to make here. We can either choose to be the parents who lost Olivia, or we can choose to be Olivia's parents. And that is a shift. Mm. And since that day, she's like, I chose to be Olivia's mom. And she's got two boys and they're thriving and they're the happiest, most positive, loving, cool people you'll ever meet. They are not victims to that tragedy. They live for her and because of her. And they're not a burden because of their loss. They don't make people feel like, oh, but I lost a child. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they had a choice to make. And that was the choice they made. And because of that, their lives have been so incredibly full. And, you know, look, I'm talking about Olivia right now. Her, She's she's in this room. Like her story has just been shared to however many people, like she's an angel and, and it lives on because they live on. Hey, Olivia, thank you for the inspiration right now because yeah. this is created by you. No, oh, you're so welcome. And that everything is a choice. We always, that that's like so great too. We We have the ability to choose in every moment, right? Because- the same exact situation can happen to the both of us. You see it as something very positive and uplifting and moving you in the right direction. And I see it as the most detrimental, worst thing that's ever happened to me. It's just our choice and what we decided to feel and think about that situation. And I'll tell you, so many guests that have been on the podcast, the most, and I'm going to put these in quotes, the most tragic, oh my gosh, dramatic, worst moment of their lives literally created them to be the highest best, mm -hmm. most creative, most loving version of themselves. Hell and yeah. Then, right. And every time I ask, I'm like, so now here and through that journey, do you regret that? Do you wish that that never happened? Like, no, I'm grateful that it happened. Thank God. Thank God. Right. Thank so even God. Those like quote unquote worst situations of our lives aren't even that if we decide to not look at it that way, it's up to us. You're exactly right. I got it. There's this quote. Um, I love Eminem. I love Eminem. I love hip hop music. And I wrote this down the other day. Um, here we go. Stand by. Hopefully you can clean this up. Okay, hold on. Here we go. So he wrote this. He says, um, he was talking about, you know, he has this weird relationship, obviously with his mom and all that stuff. And he goes, and he wrapped it, but he said, thank God for my mom and all of that because she awoke like awakened the savage within and he and, and I just wrote down the savage within because like that's how I feel about some of the things in my life story I'm like thank god because it woke up the beast baby like let's go get him like it's like I'm gonna prove that it's possible because I'm gonna be it I'm gonna show that you can break any cycle you can free yourself you really can is it easy no is it hard hell yes but you get to choose that right and and I wouldn't change any of my story either for the world and all of it woke up the savage within and even the story with my brother look at it became this beautiful piece of inspiration today 
today on the podcast and I can bet somebody listening right now is like going through something with the family member. They're like, yep, hurt people, hurt people. And it's going to save a relationship and it's going to reframe what they do next. So it's all a gift, right? Because who knows it is. what's good or bad. For I, for sure, it's so real. I'm like that story with Eminem. Like he wouldn't be who he was unless he had his mom yes. like that. Thank God, because he writes the most savage, insane, like intense workout music I've ever worked out to, or just like bopped my head to. I just love him. Um, but I love him because he comes of the pain, right? And I love him because he has turned that pain into power, which is super fun. Guts over fear. That's another Eminem song. Guts mm. over fear. He did. He turned that pain into purpose, power, abundance, everything. Abundance. Damn. Perfect example. My God, this guy grew up in a trailer park on what, eight mile? Like in Detroit? Like what? Like you did what? Like, and of course he's mad talented, but he worked on it and he knew he had this gift. He just kept tap, tap, tap tapping on it. I'll say this really quick. I used to, I loved Eminem forever. Oh my gosh. And I listened to him when I was younger and through the years. And Judy, as I've kind of had this awakening, like more towards love, I still, he is a lyricist that is unmatched. He is crazy good. He is literally a genius in his space. And there's so much respect for that. But I'll have these moments though, being this, you know, more loving version of Justin, who I am now than what I was 10 or 15 years ago, where it's like some of his music is so angry and so volatile, right? And but it's like yes. but like I can still listen to it or still have love for him without being attached to that. I don't need to be yeah. attached to the things that he talks about. I don't need to have like hatred for him the way he the things he talks about. That is him being his most beautiful, unique self. That is him being his truest form. So I can watch that stuff and just be detached from it and still have the love and respect and admiration and everything for him. Cause I, you know, he gets a lot of bad rap obviously for yeah. the things that he says and the stuff that he puts out there. hundred percent. Doesn't mean I agree with it. And it, you're right. I can't listen to all of it and it ha- I have to be in the right frame of mind, but that is a beautiful reframing. Like that's the cool thing about life. You just turn it down, change the channel. You know, the, things are going to come in and out of your life, but what you you can respect and you got to respect it. You know, anybody that's taken a really, really tough situation and tried to do their best with it. And it's then your choice to decide what to do with it. But I agree with you because sometimes some of that stuff gets real dark and I got to stay. Justin, <laughs> I got to stay in the light. I got to stay yeah. <laughs> in the light. Um, but, you know, lose yourself. Specifically that one. That's a good anthem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's sometimes I'll listen to it and I'm like, mm, this is not vibrating me with right now. I need to move away. Same. And so yeah. one of the times I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. But like, again, it's like not hating him for those other songs. Like, yeah. that's just who you are. Yep. And I have the choice to tune into them or to not tune into them. Turn it off. Turn exactly. it down. Turn it off. Like, that's a great thing about life and the yes. freedom to be able to um, make those kinds of choices. Absolutely. I want to ask you one other quick thing that I think will just help a lot of people out there and honestly also help myself as well. So cool. for anyone, like, what advice could you give someone who wants fear to now be their homeboy so they can live a braver life moving forward? Start hanging out with it. Start dating it. Conduct daily experiments on purpose. Legit. Move your ass every day and do something uncomfortable, inconvenient. Do something in 
convenient a little bit every day and you will start to just you know, increase your tolerance for pain. I promise you. Like if you want to live a braver life, like you have to, you have to work with, you have to work the courage muscle. So it may look like, you mean, how does anyone get any good at podcasting? They show up and they podcast every day. They do their work, right? Like how does anyone get any good on a keynote stage? They run the reps, right? They they do the first, the shitty first draft, the really bad first talk, right? Like how does anyone um, get, muscles, like actual muscles in the gym. They start with the first weight they ever pick up and they just keep picking it up. Right. So it's like, it's like, it's, you're in the gym, like go to the gym, go to the gym. Um, and you're going to experiment. Like that's the homework assignment. That's the life assignment, you know, play with it, become a fierce scientist and, and really look at your schedule. Um, and I asked myself two things every day, two fundamental things. These are really good tactical wrap up tangible takeaways. Number one, I look at my schedule every morning and I say, okay, where am I in today? Where are my dreams? Where are my goals? Where are my priorities? Even if it's five minutes, 10 minutes, but like, where's Judy? Like, where am I? A lot of people just fill their schedule with a bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden our goals, our dreams, ourselves are nowhere on that list. So I'm always thinking, okay, this is great. It's all this stuff I got to do, but like, where am I in that? Where's my big dream? Where's my biggest priority? And could I potentially do it first? So I win the day, no matter what happens. But like, that's always question number one. And question number two, and I usually ask this at the end of the day, but I'll start the prompt at the beginning of the day. How can I get uncomfortable today? What is one thing I can do to get a, get a little bit uncomfortable? Um, and for me today, it's always picking up the phone. And um, I reached out to a stranger that I'd never met. We have a mutual love of disco balls. So I sent her a message, a DM. I put myself out there. I sent a photo and she responded. And we've been having this incredible conversation. It worked. Um, sometimes I do that and I don't hear back and that's okay. you know. But I did that and I made two sales calls on behalf of my business. Like literally, not even an email. Like I, you went, you ready for it? I like picked up the phone. I picked up. Hi, my name is Judy. I'm like, you know, speaker. And I see you do this event. Like, okay, great. So the more I do that, the braver I get. So um, I, I'm always asking myself, you know, where am I going to, where am I going to get uncomfortable today? What is, where am I playing it a little too safe in this lineup? And then at the end of the day saying, did I, what, where was my fear? What was my fear experiment today? Maybe it is, it, you know, maybe tomorrow it will be, I'm going to, Tech, call Joe instead of texting him. You know what I mean? My brother, right? Like, so play with it, experiment mm. with it. And pr I promise you, you do that enough, you will start to reframe your relationship with fear. And most certainly it'll be your most trusted business advisor, i.e. your homeboy. <laughs> that is awesome. It's like leaning into it. Yeah. It's really just leaning into it. Face it. Yeah. Anything we get good at, it is. It's practice. Like you said before, it's literally just practice, repetition, doing it over and over again. And if you're facing something, you're facing fear and facing things that make you uncomfortable every single day, you're going to get pretty good at it. You just are. Yeah. A hundred percent. Wow. So I want to ask you, Judy, the question I ask every single guest on the podcast. Um, oh, no, nervous. Okay. No, no I'm nervous. nervous. <laughs> don't, don't, don't mess it up. You can't possibly mess it up. There's literally no wrong answer here at all. So I always preface it to my goal in life with Spread Love Movement, with this podcast, with my hopes of, not even hopes, with my absolute, in terms of me becoming a speaker, I'm going to spread mm. more love. Not something I want to happen. I know it's going to happen. Um, but my life goal literally is to help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a place that is more loving and more kind. Oh, yeah. 
one that's more forgiving and understanding, accepting of each other, and one that understands and sees ourselves as one. We are one. We're all together. Uh, and one is love, and that's what we are. So how do you feel like um, every day you are helping contribute to this sort of a shift in consciousness? Mm. Oh, I love this question so much. And what immediately comes up for me in my work and in certainly the the direction I'm going to be taking this new company I'm building is whether it's Fear is My Homeboy or the way I show up on social or the things we've talked about here today on the podcast, what I want to do is really help people, inspire people to help people show people be living proof of the fact that we can all take confident action, like confident action. And confidence isn't something you have to have in order to go take action. It's actually in the taking of action that you become a more confident person. Person, So I, I guess I'm on this mission to sort of like remove the word regret from our, our language and help people do that by saying, yes, I'm scared and I'm going to do it anyway, baby. I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it again and I'm going to do it again. And the more I do this, the more confident I get. And guess what? My confidence is going to inspire someone else to go do it for themselves, which is going to inspire someone else and someone else. And it becomes this like chain reaction of courage because I think we wake up every day with this opportunity to be a courage role model. Because when I see you be brave, when I see you be loved, it makes me want to go be the same. So I'm on a mission to do that. That's it. I don't hope I said that right, but that's it. Confidence. Confidence comes from action. That was the best. That was, I, I love too how you touched in there, but like you inspiring people by you being it. By you yeah. doing it. Like, go be it. Like, I want to show people with my stories, my keynotes, my business success, the things I'm doing personally, the things I'm doing professionally, with the way I dress, with the way I speak. Like, you can, when you see me be myself, fully myself, that it, it reminds you, you can too. And I think women are real hard on other women. So it's like, I, and I want to, the good I want to make in the world is to sort of pay it forward with the young girls, right? To really work with, with young girls to, to show them that, um, yeah, you can shine too. And so can she, like we can all do it, but also to women reminding women that like, okay, why don't we start to be the kind of women that little girls want to grow up to become, right? There, there was a survey done in schools that was like kids summed up adults in three words that we are big, boring, and busy big, boring, and busy. So I'm like, okay, how can we be the kind of people that kids want to be when they grow up? And how can you be the kind of woman, because I work with a lot of women, like how can you be the kind of woman that like makes little girls, you know, want to grow up? Love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. That was- Yeah, you're so welcome. I never said that on a podcast, by the way. It felt really good. That's kind of the- the door I'm knocking on. We'll see how it manifests. Yes. Amazing. And this is so synchronistic. Literally, uh, one of my buddies texted this this morning in a group chat. It says, inaction, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Hell yes. Like that is a yes and moment. Like that is the essence of the work. Yes, I'm scared. 
And here's the one brave step I'm going to take today. Here's the next thing I'm going to do. You don't need all the things. You don't need a five-year business plan. You don't need to have it all figured out because let me tell you, it's going to change as you move. It's going to change. I'm just telling you, you know it. It's going to change. You know, you're a very different person probably from podcast one to podcast now, right? Like your world is going to change. So just take the next step and build it Build it as you go. That's that's half the fun. Yes. It's like, how fun is it that we get to create? We get to, that's something I'm oh, yeah. really aligning myself with now. It's like, yes, if we can manifest things literally like that in a split second, would that be cool? Maybe. It sounds cool right now, but how amazing is it that we actually get to go on the journey and create? It's yes. like, right. It would get boring, I think, if we lived in a, in a reality where literally things happened in a moment that you wanted. We'd be like, oh, this is just kind of boring. It's so easy. And, and we I, wouldn't appreciate it, you right? know, because- we appreciate the work it takes. Yeah. I love that perspective too. Yeah. Just like enjoying the journey and being like, wow, this is super fun. I get to create this. I get to yeah, bring this into I the I get to. Yeah. Uh, every day I have my, not my to-do list. It's my get to-do list. Oh, I, I love that. Oh, that's a good one. I love that so much. My get to-do list. That is so great. I'm going to have to share that you said that. I've got a little class I'm teaching tonight. I might have to share that. And I'll give you some love. That's awesome. Nice. It is a good one, right? Get Instead of being do. like, oh, I have to do this. It's like, no, I get to. Every moment we get to do anything. So good. So good. See, like one shift from want to desire. Like that. So, okay. Want to desire, like same thing. Instead of I have to do it, I get to do it. It's like, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Judy, this has been so much fun. Back gotcha. <laughs> so fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. Before we cut out, if you can please let everybody know where they can find you online, on social media, people want to reach out to you just so they can get in Love touch it. with you, all that stuff. So good. So my website, Judy, J-U-D-I, holler. Holler, H-O-L-L-E-R.com, best place. I'm sure you'll put stuff in the show notes. I do hang out on Instagram. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, all the things. Um, and I have a podcast called Yes And. So I figure if people vibe with you, they'd probably vibe with me. And um, we can link up in the show notes. Um, I, I have a little, little free gift for for your listeners if, if they're interested. So we, um, I have a goal-focused planning system. So I started about eight years ago um, having a get-to-do list, I guess now I'm going to start reframing some of the ways I talk about it, but it's a goal-focused planning system that has really helped me avoid regret and just keep keep taking action. And it's sort of rooted in the ideas from improv and we sell that, but I, I have a, uh, um, a free version that is brand new, actually. It's for your iPad. It's a digital version of the planner we sell. So if you want it for free, like we'll link it up in the show notes and just a great way to stay connected to our community, but also kind of see what I'm doing every month, every, like how I, it's called goal-focused planning. So I work in three-month windows to sort of achieve goals and prioritize myself. And like, you know, the questions like, where am I in my day? And did I do my daily fear experiment? It's all part of that process. So maybe you're your listeners would love it. So we'll link up in the show notes if they want to grab it for free. We, yes, we will definitely throw that in there. Thank you for that. That's awesome. So cool. You're so welcome. Oh, yes. it's, we're so proud of it. It is so, it is so, it is so awesome. I'm really, really proud of it. And I love to be able to have a free resource for people as well. So yeah. Yes. Oh, amazing. Huh. This has been great. I'm so grateful literally to have had you uh, on the podcast to be able to just spread your energy. It's so infectious and Oh my gosh. It feels so good just to literally be in your presence. So thank you. Of course. The fact we're able to share that with other people, life is great. Oh, God. God, source, universe, everything is good. 
I just feel amazing right now. And that's in part to you. So thank you so much, everybody listening. Check out Judy, man. Check out her book. Fear's my homeboy. I mean, come on. I mean, where can you go wrong with turning fear into your homeboy and your friend? And not having it lose. Seriously. And not having it be something that we're just terrified of and we run from every single second. Befriend that. Yes. Oh my God. Huge. Thank you, Judy. Mm, So much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Uh, Of course, everybody, we have so much love for you. Thank you for being here and hanging out with me and Judy for a little while. Can't wait to see you next time. Sending you all so much love.